We acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation as the traditional owners of the land where we record and produce this podcast. We pay our respect to their elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to any First Nations people who are listening. We acknowledge that sovereignty has not been ceded and that this land is stolen. Critical Thought is an inclusive podcast dedicated to dissecting politics and culture with a critical eye. The reference to the clitoris in our title is not gendered, and we do not equate the clitoris with womanhood or forward any transphobic or gender essentialist views. Hello, Bella. Hi. Um, we've had a late part two. Part two. Yeah. yeah. Had a late um, start because I was really worried about my um. Okay, like the the house cat. <laughs> I've never had a pet before, and so any like slight change of in behavior is a real like cause for massive concern for me. No, it's fair enough. I mean, I'm like, like an emotionally, the house dog is emotional, is an emotionally unstable greyhound, and I love it a bit. But God, she <laughs> is weird, and I can't yeah. like. She'll Freaks love me, down. and then she'll growl at me, and then she'll um, not only walk backwards. Like I don't know, it's just I love her. We love her. She's. I <laughs> um, don't get me wrong. We love her, but she's just. You can never. You just never know. You just. You just like she only eats her food maybe like every second day. God. <laughs> So everyone in your house is like everyone in your life is like mentally unill, mentally ill. Yeah, well, she's had a traumatic life. Obviously, really racing. She had to race for two years and like live in a cage. But I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, let's not get onto dog politics. <laughs> a hard life. Should we do what about hookup culture? Yes. Okay. This is my favorite question, Marie, that we've received. No, but it's a competition. <laughs> uh, pardon what? Not that you should have favorites. Okay, it says view on hookup culture. Do you think that it can ever actually make you happy? Question mark. Or are people kidding themselves when they convince themselves that they are hashtag owning their bodies and liberated, etc.? Basically, can sex ever truly be casual? That sounds like a like a um Carrie Bradshaw line. Yeah, literally. I was gonna say that. <laughs> like the end of a spiel. Um, that's from Karma. Thanks, Karma. Uh, <laughs> you go first. Um, okay. God, right. Um, I feel like I'm about to. People are going to be like, "Is Bella like a conservative?" After they hear my answer to this question, and the answer is yes. No, just kidding. Um, I think that honestly, <laughs> there's nothing casual about sex. Just kidding. I mean, it is for some people. <laughs> Um, but in my anecdotal experience, no one I really know, yeah, no one I know, none of my close friends have had fulfilling or validating experiences from casual sex. And I think casual sex is like a kind of depressing thing because essentially it's like a 
manifestation of the way that our lives are becoming. Sorry, I, I ham people over the head with this same message every week, but I, we're becoming more individualized. Our like if the sexual economy has like become just that. It's like a marketplace. It started to mimic you know, the late capitalism, which is really depressing, I think. And yeah, so there's a few, (laughs) sorry, I wanted to read out a few tweets, (laughs) if that's all right, (laughs) (laughs) that I distill this really well. Sorry, I'm looking for these, this screenshot. And what do you reckon? I'm just going to try and find um, Well, like shot. going back to what we were saying about sex work yesterday, and I realised I kept saying pornography instead of sex work. So if you listen to that and you're saying why are you using those terms interchangeably, I don't know. Um, but the same thing, like just because I don't find it as – I mean, I don't find it unfulfilling, but I don't find it like the most mm. fulfilling thing ever, obviously. Um, it doesn't mean that other people don't and we can't really equate yeah. our own experiences to, to sort of like Probably. specify what other people might be feeling. Um, in yeah. saying that, I think also as a society we've been very much like sort of drilled to have like a very heteronormative, um, not even heteronormative, just having a very like um, monogamous relationship. And I think it's interesting that we now are rebelling against that as a young, as a sort of like generation because mm. of Tinder, because of dating, because of sort of like the female sexual liberation, which is all like positive things um, mm. in, to its like by themselves but it does create a different culture of very yeah transaction um not women not sort of wanting to be considered um dependent um and I think it's really interesting because Winnie Harlow the model um Mm. sort of like model the other day on Instagram put up a thing on her story and was like call me traditional or something like um yeah call me like traditional but like I just want Wait, let me find it. It was like I want a man to look after me. Um, oh, winning! Like I want a man to like, um, um, just like coming out as trad. <laughs> yeah, and like I just thought that, like it just kind of it was like I want him to own earn me like, um, and I want him to sort of like I don't know. She used like I think for me personally, mm. I don't know if you find it as problematic because I, but I just found the language she used super. Um, just like ugh, I'm just like bruh, like yeah. telling women that they need to be um, earned, maintained by like their husband spending, like spending the money and she just having to depend on him. I'm like, yeah, I get we've almost mm. had like a departure from that. So it was interesting to see someone that had returned to that. But yeah. I just think you need to meet in the middle. I'm like, I don't think we should be fully dependent on men and use that as um is like something that we should be sort of like something that's a little bit edgy to say. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. You, I'm not going to like if a guy pays for a drink, I'm not going to have like a feminist meltdown about it. But I think <laughs> if you're in the mindset that you need to be looked after and things like that, mm-hmm. then I just think that you're not, it's not like you're being transgressive. You're being very like archaic archaic and it's just Mm -hmm. like that doesn't mean you're like this edgy feminist that like wants to be looked after like I do get I do get people being like oh god women are being very very Mm. independent and women that just get extremely um I don't know like really obsessed with the like almost obsessed with kind of like structural um economic gender roles that like they'll do anything to sort of depart from them when 
yeah. I don't know. There's sometimes it's like bigger fish to fry, <laughs> as we were saying. <laughs> I, I love that phrase. Yeah, just, just like bigger. Fry. Yeah, there's bigger issues yeah. out there than um, worrying about if your man, if a man pays for something, you know. Well, then you can offer it back yeah. the next time, or just yeah, I don't know. This is sort yeah. of. No, I see exactly what you're saying. I think it's hard because on the one side of the coin, there's like that kind of stuff, which is a bit yeah. icky. Yeah. Then on the other side of the coin, there's like this very isolating and depressing trend now of like Silicon Valley <laughs> taking control of our dating lives and our sex lives. And like, oh, definitely. And there's like empowerment and seeing five different, empowerment. having five different dates a week and just like, using it as a very yeah. like and not getting attached and using it as a very like mm. I don't know what to say and I about think, it I like without giving too much away I feel like I on a personal level was like kind of like fuck not fucked up but like misled <laughs> by like quote-unquote like sex positivity which is like how do whatever you want like blah blah blah, blah. it's always going to be positive I think like it actually can be, I don't know, like, for example, there was this tweet um, from Sophie at Jill Slander, which I'll link at the bottom that says the early 10s, so 2010s, Tumblr sex positivity movement fucked me right the fuck up, really had me like sleeps with three people in a week is absolutely running from the inside empowerment. And like, I wouldn't have such kind of strong contrarian opinions on this if so many of my friends hadn't had like experiences of just finding casual sex really demeaning and depressing um and Anna Kachian of Red Scare has a similar take that's like if the normalization of casual sex first thanks to the revolution and now with the help of dating apps hasn't secured women's happiness only created more female misery it's because there's nothing casual about sex and in my experience, women are literally like suffering a lot because of uh, like the invisible hand of dating apps and of Silicon Valley and like not being able to find like mutually fulfilling relationships or struggling too more than they have in the past. Yeah, and because it's so easy to judge off like just purely dating apps and like yeah. it means that like you probably don't give people a chance in the same way you would in person if you like got to know mm-hmm. them. But, but like there's a double-edged sword because obviously you wouldn't be able to meet the people necessarily either that if you just yeah. relied on in-person interaction. So it's very much like the hookup culture is fueled by neoliberalism, fueled by mm-hmm. like that sort of very much, yeah, Silicon Valley streamlined dating where you're yeah. – where your dating life has been privatized by an external um, <laughs> external app, which yeah. we obviously don't love. Um, I mean, I'm not on any dating apps, but um, yeah, I hit, I go on and off, mm, and I'm really yeah. bad because I'm like very non-committal. I'm probably like the perfect person that has. <laughs> Sorry, that's not, that sentence started out bad. I'm the perfect person. No, I was going to say I'm probably like the product of, of of this current climate, just being very non-committal. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm just perfect. No, no. I started that sentence and I was like, where are you going? And I remembered, but it was too late because I'd already said I'm perfect. Anyway, I think, yeah, it's very much you've got to mitigate it for yourself and like kind of figure it out for yourself, which sucks because maybe you will never figure that out. Like where you, what, what, what relationship makes you thrive and ETC. But I guess you just got to, you've got to do it. Otherwise, 
yeah, you've got to keep experiencing things, exploring things, holding back, you know, the usual of every of any experience and then sort of figure out from there. Yeah, and also I'm not like um, what's the word? Like not sex positive, I guess. Like for myself, I'm not like woo, like go crazy, but like obviously other people can do whatever they want. I'm not like people shouldn't be having casual sex. But just let me know, you know, how that works out for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, whatever you want. Answer Toby's question because I think that's yeah. like a good segue. Um, uh, social media. Yes. Social media, net negative or net positive from positive. Toby. Thanks, Toby. Yeah. That was <laughs> probably won't even listen. Um, submitted a question but doesn't well, listen to the podcast. <laughs> I think it's interesting because what we've talked about just then with hookup culture is mm-hmm. almost we talk about the net positives and the net negatives that almost each day it like tipples one way, tipples the next, like every yeah. not even day by day, like minute by minute. Like you can't mm-hmm. sort of say that one's a positive or one's a negative. And if you don't think it's a positive, you can just get off the apps, which is good. But, I mean, mm-hmm. do you think you could survive in this kind of world right now and and sort of like maintain your social interactions that you have without social media? Um, yeah, so we talked about I mean, this too, how like our Instagram profiles are kind of like a representation of who we are, like yeah. it's an identifying um, and it's used as like an identifier. So when people meet you, that's mm. the way that you communicate your likes, your interests, your friends and kind of what you're all about, which is a weird thought because yeah. isn't that weird that like you you could just find that out about someone but, you know, now we just look at social media, someone's Instagram profile, and immediately we're like, oh, their friends are these, their favourite colours are this, they have that shirt, mm. they work here. And it's like a very yeah. different process. I'd be interested to know if Instagram is making us more like, um, I mean, Susan Sontag, sorry, always says that capitalism relies on being a visual image-based society. And I would wonder if in that kind of way um, Instagram has made us less inclined to be friends with someone if they don't align with our kind of tastes or visual taste, (laughs) aesthetic taste. Um, That's probably not great. Yeah, that is great. That's scary just to think that we wouldn't be, yeah. My gut tells me that social media is a net negative. Actually, that is my opinion. That's not going to be a surprise for anyone. No, I'm like I don't. This is my phone. No, this is I'm just remembering. She's in a fucking YouTube. <laughs> um, for me, it's interesting because I do think for me it's been a net positive, just in terms of like my sort of self ex- mm. expression, my self exploration, sort of like gaining um, my voice and finding what I'm interested in. That sounds so like Tumblr 2016, yeah. but it has helped. It some ways because I think I wouldn't be able to express a lot of my thoughts or express things that I care about yeah but in saying that I do have like a very um yeah I have a I not I, I hate like toxic relationships as you so heavily but I would say there are days where or like parts of the day where I just like don't go on my phone or I turn on an airplane mode and it like gives me yeah. so much peace of mind because being online and not getting messages and or being online and getting messages both for me have negative like a, ne- a ne- sometimes negative experiences for me 
Like sometimes like I don't want to be getting uh, any messages and I'm like getting heaps. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't. Or sometimes I'm like yeah. getting no messages and I'm like, why is no one talking to me? Right. Yeah. So <laughs> Which like, I'm like, what is this? If I just, yeah. um, if that wasn't even like a software, you know, if that wasn't even like yeah. a system that we sort of all sort of partake in. But then saying that, if you think about if we didn't have internet and social media and then something like COVID-19 happened again, like, it's so interesting, isn't it, how we've turned into like neoliberal robots mm. in like Zoom chats, Zoom conversations, work meetings, online tests. Like it's so weird. Yeah. What are your thoughts yeah. on going to uni well, online? It's interesting that like with social media, you're like you're either like the thing you just said about messages really like distills like my theory that on social work, social media you're always either overwhelmed and like manic or mm. like lonely and depressed and there's yeah no or sometimes yeah. you're just kind of like pretend um yeah you, have, you just yeah just go about your day you get a few messages and you respond and it's all good <laughs> i'm so sweet i'm just gonna my phone my computer's on three percent so i'm gonna run to the i'm just going to the room next door so okay. if you want to tell some jokes do some <laughs> just one sec We'll probably cut this out because I'm probably not going to be funny. Um, Bella, <laughs> it's going to tell some secrets about Bella, but I genuinely can't think of any. Well, she's very she's turned into a trad conservative about um, hookup culture and social media, and it's so interesting because I think almost on like this on on the like journey of like of being like super super like woke to super super activist to super like you know maybe we're all going to end up being sort of how Bella feels I don't know I think I'm interested because I'm to think I'm turning more into more into some like into what Bella thinks but then also on the other side of things it's good nice to hear Bella's thoughts because it means that then I look I'm like oh no I feel really different about that um I don't necessarily have those opinions so yeah Sorry, I was just gotta be interesting to see what you just said when I listen back. I was like, real speaking thing. Little trait. I was talking about like it might be weird. Um it was so weird with you not there because I felt like I I felt like just so naked. I was just like, um yeah, hey guys. Oh. <laughs> oh, sorry, okay, I'm back everyone. I couldn't find it. Okay. I like wound it up so the cat would stop playing with it and then I couldn't find it. It was a whole do you oh, think you feel, because I feel like I feel more, oh, I hate saying the word mental health, something mm. really gross about it. How am I going to rephrase this so it sounds more exciting? I feel like I feel more like kind of stupid and crazy and mentally ill, not like really mentally ill, but like low key if I'm always on my phone. Like I feel just worse generally yeah no there are days where I spend so much time on my phone and I hate myself Mm. and I know I'm doing it but I just can't stop and then like I just spend hours on TikTok and then there's a point where I just feel like screaming like I just feel ill at looking Mm. at my phone because I'm just so sick of it like of the concept of it of the look of it like there was just times where I'm like that um and then so I'll just turn it off and I won't go on for it but then when I turn it back on my mum's like where have you been I've been asking you this 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 and like it just Mm. it is stressful it is and like when I spend time in Sweden at my grandma's house I don't have wi-fi I would get a sim card and I didn't have my phone for like two weeks but I mean I got got to go to the library and the service station which had internet maybe like every two days goals um and 
it was interesting because I enjoyed being disconnected, but I did feel extremely, and I didn't feel like alone as in like mm. staring at, like staring out of the window, like <laughs> watching the rain fall. But I was still, I felt it was strange to be, like I did so much reading and did so much yeah. um, self kind of like self-analysis, which mm. I don't think I could do. Um, on a long-term basis. So I'm like maybe me watching stupid TikToks is good because it means I don't think about anything else for that time, you that know. That doesn't sound like the, the most healthy mental No, process. it doesn't, does it? <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm not going to deal with TikToks my and then I just don't deal with anything. Yeah, no, that's not good. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe I should just do a thing where I don't go on my phone from 12 to 5 or something each day. Yeah. Is that weird though? That would be so annoying for anyone if like something major happened and need to get in contact. Like it's fine in the pandemic because I no one needs to contact me What's in happening? terms of yeah, nothing. Yeah, my housemates can literally be like blah blah blah. But mm. yeah, that might have been that might be bad if like something huge goes down and then <laughs> I'm in like a silent room like doing yeah, my um like- doing my thing. Yeah. God, yeah. Well, I haven't been on my iPhone much because um well, yeah, uh, it. it broke and I can't afford to get it fixed. So I'm just using the Nokia. Uh, sorry. Yeah, again. Maybe but like when you said you were getting a Nokia, I was like, mm. oh, that's what I want. And then I never did. So maybe I should do it. But the thing is, because you still have the like impulse to get the dopamine hit and like get online, my computer has basically just replaced my iPhone. Especially because yeah. there's a pandemic. So I'll just be on my computer at home, then go yeah. to my friend's house, which is legal, so, you know, don't come for me, and use my computer there, which is actually yeah. more anti-social because on a phone, like, that's kind of accepted. But if everyone's just sitting around and you pull out a MacBook. Yeah. If you pulled out a MacBook in, like, at, like, a dinner party, that would be weird. <laughs> no, in case you, in case that's where you were heading. Um, <laughs> no, I think that's interesting, and I think the whole, the big, the, I think the hard thing is like this conversation. Whilst it's interesting, it doesn't change. Like social media is not going anywhere. Yeah. No. You really got to figure out for yourself if it's a positive or a negative. And if it's a negative, um, then like definitely don't like don't do what I do <laughs> basically yeah, don't, don't do use TikTok as therapy actually if deal with your feelings bit, if you're feeling shit just watch TikTok for hours yeah it's so don't good like literally each night I at about 10 o'clock I get into bed and I open TikTok and that's it that's I'm, I'm gone <laughs> it's good so bad like I think I just needed to leave the app for everyone later. yeah it's literally like that or I'll be the same with Reddit or Twitter Mm, oh reddit know. reddit is nasty i spent well, I go so through dark time. holes i just spend so much time and then like i love just like giving people random advice <laughs> yeah do you respond to people on reddit I don't, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a shadow i don't have an account i just go on oh really no i've got an account and i sometimes just give people <laughs> random advice um anyway um i go on the you know, to end. Reddit like every day what reddit the incel one my guilty no the femcell one the female incel one because i am no not because i'm a femcell myself but because on to be quite honest it makes me feel better about my life i was like god shit sucks but at least i'm not a femcell what is a femcell it's a female incel 
it's yeah, actually really depressing. Don't go, don't go on there. It's like so, so it's women that um yeah, all these women, women that I'm so ugly. I was bullied for my looks. I'm alone. I'm a virgin. It's really sad. I would not oh. recommend going on there. Almost the same as um incels. Yeah, like they're that. like incels. How did you think that incels though? Pardon? Is it sadder than incels? Like I find it sadder than incels because incels you're just like, oh, boys. But when it's women, you're like, oh, damn. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's more. Like, and then when you're like, oh. Because it's yeah. like on my plane of experience, you know. Whereas the incels, yeah. it's like, well. But some people argue that fem cells can't be fem cells because most incels would fuck a fem cell because, you know, they're desperate. <laughs> Can you say some fem cells would fuck an incel as well? Yeah, well, exactly. So um, they don't even have like femcel incel um like meeting greets or like online de- <laughs> or, like speed yeah. dating. How amazing! You all get like, paired up and find yourself. That's my app. I my free app idea is that someone could start a platform that connects femcels and incels, <laughs> like brings them together. Like it. What if they like like worked out? Do you think it would what? cure both of them though? They wouldn't what? be lonely. It could cure like their main, both of their main sort of like pressure points. Yeah. Well, exactly. Wow. God's work. Maybe that's if you're feeling guilty about having money, money funnel your money into an incel femcel dating app. Maybe that's what we should do. <laughs> that's um, that's me and Anna's next project. Yeah. First critical thought. Then no, it would be terrible because we don't know technology. As, yeah, as, we, as this podcast is great, like greatly exposed. Anyway, um, let's to our next question. Yeah. Sorry, that was a my housemate Beck. Love you, Beck. Um, okay. She says, "I have a question for you. Was it for you? Oh, for you both. What is your book recommendation? And for Bella specifically, you work in a bookshop. And though, why did where the rest of the question go? Oh, I didn't type all of it out. I did dot dot dot. So <laughs> Played me. Um, <laughs> screenshot. True. Okay. So the question is, Bella specifically, you obviously work in a bookshop and though I'm assuming you haven't been able to work at the moment, what's a book yeah. that you've seen recently, could be pre-quarantine, that's been the most popular at the store and I'm talking flying off the shelves and your thoughts on it? Bella, take it away. Are we, can we? Are we not going to do the first one or are we going to do the oh, Okay. Other? What is your go-to book recommendation? I'm looking at my bookshelf right now. Okay. What's, yeah, what's your go-to book recommendation? This is actually um, close to my heart because I find myself recommending books quite often. Yeah. I probably would, like, I, if it depends. Like, if someone hasn't read in a while but they want to get back into reading, I'd recommend something like Sally Rooney because it's super easy to consume. Yeah. But if you're someone who reads regularly um, and is looking for something a little bit more, I don't know, a little bit more sort of – dense so i'd maybe recommend pachinko that's a really interesting book um in terms of like historical sort of relevance that's really interesting um but if you try to think of a book i've read recently that i've really sort of i mean trying to think harry potter (laughs) (laughs) lol i can't even think of um like a book that I've really enjoyed. Oh, I did enjoy Three Women. That was quite good. If you haven't read something in a while, Three Women. 
I don't know. What are you gonna? What are you gonna recommend? Um. Oh, okay. I'm gonna. My go-to book recommendation in the shop. Um. Is. Okay. No. My my like favorite book of all time. Like one time oh, I had whoa. a customer who was like not really having my recommendations for whatever reason. He was like, is it really good though? Is it really good? And he was like, right, what's your favorite book of all time? And I was like, oh God, okay. And my answer was my favorite book of all time, unsurprisingly, is um, White Teeth by Zadie Smith. It's amazing. Um, Ooh, that's so interesting. I've like, read a few Zadie Smiths and they're definitely not my favorite. Yeah, a lot of people don't like. She has quite a kind of uh, – old-fashioned verbose writing style it's like the opposite to sally rooney there's like tons yeah. of adverbs it's pulled out you know a lot of, and it's also the opposite to sally rooney in that it's not internal it's like um very external social uh kind of dickens-esque yeah 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 i just have never been able like i've read a few of them mm. and i just haven't found them compelling I understand I find them good in terms of like the way she just discusses race and class I think that's Mm -hmm. super interesting but in terms of I like to read some sort of books that like get sort of intimate with the characters and like sort of change maybe how you feel or think um yeah and I feel like I find it difficult to connect with her books like that and I find the same with Chiamanda Ngozi Adichie as well oh interesting Mm, because I read a few of hers as well I think another book I um, – my favourite book of the past few months that I've been recommending a lot in the shop is uh, The Man Who Saw Everything by Deborah Levy, which I think you would really like, Anna, mm. especially it's very, like, internal, I guess, in the, in the way you're talking about. Yeah. And Deborah Levy's a really beautiful, beautiful writer. She's very, um, like, sensory, uh, sensual even at times. Ooh, I see. Um, it's very visceral. I, I love her writing as well. And it's very different to Zadie Smith. Um, in regards okay. to the second question, what book is flying off the shelves? The Malcolm Turnbull book is flying off the shelves. So you can refer to the previous. No. <laughs> you want to know about that. The other thing that was really th- uh, flying off the shelves last year was Malcolm Gladwell is always really popular. I haven't yeah. read it. Um, Flashing is in was really, really popular by oh, Taffy Fleischman is in Trouble by Taffy Deska Anchor. I've mispronounced that. 100% sure I've mispronounced that, but you can Google it. Fleischman is in Trouble, um, which is about a divorce and it's about a kind of woke guy who seems on the surface to be the perfect husband but is still a misogynist. Surprise, surprise. I didn't think it was very good. I thought the writing was annoying the characters weren't very sympathetic. Not that that is always like the litmus test for a good novel, but the characters were really unlikable to the point that it was cloying and hard to read mm. and it didn't have much emotional depth. Have you read it? Have we talked about this before? No, we haven't. I'm having. We, we went through a phase of talking a lot about books, so we haven't talked about books in a while just because obviously there's a pandemic on, yeah, but books are good. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Anna. Books are good. You tell them. <laughs> when you think you're like, when do you think though you'll be able to go back to work and you know? Um, I have no idea. I have to message my book, my my bookshop, the <laughs> shop I work in. 
started doing pickup today. So I assume oh, more stuff coming in. Yeah, so then, yeah, yeah. that's great. Um, um, well, can we can we segue into clits of the week or is there? Yeah, I think we can. I think yeah. that's a good idea. And then we got more questions. Let us, like, I just want to say we got more questions than we answered and we're so sorry if you didn't, we didn't get to your question. Um, yeah, sorry, guys. Thanks for submitting. Everyone. Yeah, and we're probably really and some questions it. we didn't answer because we're actually going to do full episodes on them. So, yeah. um, that's for you, Lily TG. But about yeah, so we've got more stuff coming with about the topics that you sent in. Anyway, yeah. let's segue into clips of the week, and my book this week is The Adversary by Ronnie Scott. Oh, how was it? Um, it was good. Like, I just find sometimes I find reading Australian fiction really hard because it's almost too personal. Like it's like yeah. reading like my own diary kind of like like right. there was this one line where he's like talking about yeah. riding down Canning Street. Like, um, oh, my God. Yeah, right. It's just like, oh, like that's where he's like live. Like and I used to walk that street like every day. Like I was like I don't need to have like this random like and then like he was talking about going to the retreat which is a pub in Brunswick and mm. I was just like oh my god and then he was talking about just like very very like specific Australian sort of also like the inner like, north of Melbourne right that's very very close to home yeah literally, yeah, literally yeah. close to home literally yes. incredibly close to I home it would make it like edgy for me or like a little bit of cute for me I thought which would be fun but it kind of got to the point where I was like, I'm not really, this is like, I enjoy, I enjoy the book. It wasn't the best thing I've ever read. wasn't the worst mm. thing I've ever read. Like I actually did enjoy it. Um, yeah. But it also, it was almost to the point because I've almost felt it too. And it was very personal, like interpersonal as well. Like a very mm. small group of friends that um, it was sort of based around. But then because I didn't find that the characters were fleshed out enough, we spent mm. so much time with them that I still felt like I didn't know them to the full extent. And, like, not that I meant when you read a book, you're meant to know the characters inside and out and all their int- intimate relationships, but I just found it really hard to grab onto mm. at different points. But I still read it and I still enjoyed it. And I think it's an interesting story about, like, social um just being able to handle, like this is the, it's based about the character and he doesn't like to go outside much and he doesn't like to go and socialise. Um, so it's interesting oh. it, when it talks about sort of like, mm. being, like I think there's a lot of stories about like outgoing people and really like loud, kooky people, you know, where this story <laughs> he's very quiet and very reserved. Yeah. And I think that's nice and interesting that him mm. exploring his sexuality, but it's never like a big thing. It's You know how a lot of books like, it's like yeah. um, blah, 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 life is turned around when he realises mm. he doesn't like girls. It's like not like that at all. He doesn't have a big <laughs> revelation about it. It's more just him experiencing different things. And, I, yeah, it was good. If you're looking for something that's like quite easy to read, mm. um, it's about relationships and it's very, very almost like traumatically Australian. Like <laughs> I was like, ah, ah, like every time it would talk about certain things that, they're just so Australian. Like, I don't know, for some reason when I read Australian fiction, I just get really, like, irked about it because I'm like, this is too too it's Australian. Too Veranda. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like he's like, Vegemite on toast sandwich, like Vegemite on toast. <sighs> Sorry. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? That kind of rhetoric <laughs> as well. And it also yeah. just, yeah. But I did enjoy it and, like, I would recommend yeah. if I would recommend, but it wouldn't be the top, top, top book of my list to recommend. Right, not that okay. I have. Ronnie Scott is probably a good guy to support because he has really uh, helped 
Australian literary fiction and Australian literature. He established The Lifted Brow. He's a good guy. I've never met him or anything. I don't know him, but I just think I'm like a fan of his. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Yeah. Um, perfect. I'm going to read that. I'm convinced by your your review. My <laughs> sky. Yeah, well, I can give it to you now. Each other. I read um, this in a similar vein. I read uh, Helen Garner's Yellow Notebook, which is like oh. a diary of life in again in a North Melbourne, the theme of this episode, it seems. Yeah. Um, and I loved it. It was literally, it was so gripping. It's like little fragments, but it's like. Yeah, I how that would be really like. And it's, it's good really too because you don't really identify with certain stories or like certain parts of it. Mm-hmm. You can kind of um, just wait for the next one. Like, you know, it's not going to be that long. Yeah. It's really sometimes hard is when you read a book and you're like five chapters in, you're like, okay, I'm not really gripped by anyone here and this is going to go on for like 30 chapters. Yeah. I find Helen Gardner to be like one of the most like gripping writers that I have read. She like she's like the opposite to Zadie Smith. Her writing's really like Yeah, and I read her a bit at school and we would then sort of like encourage to create our own sort of like Helen yeah. Garner esque sort of interpretations. <laughs> which was pretty right. Yeah, so plagiarize her work and you know, publish it. <laughs> but just kind of encourage her to write like her. And I think that was really great because in high school I used to love I did a lot of creative writing mm. just in my spare time. And um I did a lot of like writing electives yeah. at school so it was yeah, nice yeah. it was yeah I really appreciate her and what she's done for the Australian literary scene yeah she's a good one she's a good one I reread um my year of rest and relaxation have you heard of that yeah that's book? what you recommended for me mm, it's really good it's a good one to read well it would have been a good one to read like a month ago because it's about a girl woman who sleeps for a year and it's really <laughs> funny very I think it's like too close to home you don't understand how much I sleep <laughs> and like how bad it is. She I goes to a sleep party. God. Oh. <laughs> maybe, so maybe oh, I kind of want to read it though. <laughs> you would like to, yeah. I can lend it to you. Now that yeah, we'll do a spot. I'll take the anniversary and give me my year of rest and relaxation. <laughs> relaxation. Sounds good. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to say I'm also reading at the moment, I'm reading Exciting Times. Um, oh, is that good? Yeah, it's good. I'm only like maybe one third of the way through. And I didn't actually, I actually read Adversary quite quick. I read that in maybe like a day or two, whereas like yeah. exciting times I've had sitting on my bookshelf, I mean on my bedside mm-hmm. table for a bit and I read and then I put down. Um, yeah. It's interesting. Like it was kind of, it's sort of, I don't know, this is probably a bad thing because it was kind of modelled as like the Sally Rooney like whole filler for anyone oh, looking God, for more. Yeah. And I was like, that's not really what you should be marketing because Mm. everyone like I don't know you just I don't know that's probably because it means that people come in with like very specific preconceived perception but in yeah. saying that I still really enjoy it it's, books, I guess yeah it's interesting because the character is very um it's she's Irish mm. it's set in Hong Kong interesting so she's teaching English to like very very rich children um so right. like in terms of like geographically it's really interesting mm. and like unique and like and that's what I enjoy because obviously from the adversary it was too too like yeah. <laughs> too close, too close. <laughs> the, uh, it's really interesting, and it's it's. I haven't got to where. So she's currently living with this guy called Julian. Um, he spends money on her, and they have a very like platonic but also sexual relationship that doesn't really go any further. It's just very convenient for both of them. Is he older? Yeah, and like mm. a banker, and sort Ooh, of the plot is that helpful. enter. 
Yeah, and then the quote, then I'm reading the blurb, it's like, enter Edith, a lawyer, refreshingly enthusiastic and unapologetically earnest. Edith takes Ava to the theatre when Julian leaves Hong Kong for work. Quickly she becomes something Ava looks forward to. So I haven't got her meeting Edith yet, which Mm. I think will really elevate the book because right now her and Julian are just really boring. And I know he's meant to be, like, boring. Like, I know (laughs) that's (laughs) what the plot is setting it up. Like, she's unfulfilled with Julian. But, like... Literally, like, her, like Julian just seems, like, so boring, to, even if there was no other female counterpart in the wings. But anyway, it's interesting and I would recommend and I'll give that to you as well when I finish it because it's good. Like, I really enjoy it and I, I um, yeah, and I'm trying not to think about Sally Rooney or any other authors. I'm trying to just, like, enjoy it for what it is. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sally Rooney. God. Imagine being yeah. her. She's, like, living I know she yeah. probably hates it though. I found um when I was in Sydney, I found a like my year six yearbook, and everyone had to write what their dream was, their lifelong dream. My dream was to, to be, be a best-selling author. <laughs> to be best-selling author. Yes, that's beautiful. And I was like, oh, that's so cute. Yeah, I would say that's my dream. Good luck, honey. I probably didn't have that dream when I was in year six. My year six dream was to become a zookeeper. How problematic. <laughs> That's cute. I That's cute. So anthropocentric. <laughs> anyway, I'll forgive myself for that. <laughs> um, what else I've been watching? I'm loving Killing Eve season three. It's so good. Yeah. Um, so. I'm really, really enjoying that. Um, mm. I really enjoyed the series London Spy on Netflix. It was really nice. Like I won't say much mm. about it. It was just really good kind of short series, which was easy to watch. And it's got um, Jack Whitehall. No, not Jack Whitehall. Sorry. Jack Whitehall's. Um, Jack O'Connell. Ben Winch. Ben Wishaw. Oh, Ben Wishaw. Ben, ben yeah. I found him in a park yeah. once, didn't he? You found him in a park. Oh, yeah. He's, um, he's married. No, he's together with married an Australian. Um, composer, I think. <laughs> I yeah. think. I'm like very specific. I think um, when I saw him, I was like, "Oh my god, was he's he amazing. beautiful? He's a very talented guy. He's been in yeah. a lot of stuff." Yeah, actually, he's. Oh, we, I never, I didn't get to see it, but I wanted to see the personal history of David Copperfield, and he was in that. Um. <laughs> I really, from that. Have you seen the death of Stalin? No. You oh. would love the death. You would. I, it's like the best movie. I'm obsessed with it. It's so awesome. funny. It's so dark. Though. It's so dark. <laughs> but oh, I, I'm huh? getting weird. Um, but yeah, London Spy was very, very. I liked London Spy, and I'm also so annoying. I should write it down because when I go to, like, when I think about all these things, I'm like, yeah, I have a bit to talk about. But then I get to it, mm. and I'm like, hmm. but yeah. I'm enjoying that, but I'm also just enjoying MasterChef and just things on Australian TV because it's just literally so mind-numbing that you don't even have to like, once again, probably bad, but you don't have to think. <laughs> God, Anna, this is a reoccurring theme. It's a bit worrying. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? I just want to be a mind. Just not think. Yeah. Just <laughs> out. It's ideal, guys. Not thinking is the new way. No. <laughs> I'm going to stop right. thinking. Enough is enough. Well, thanks, guys, for listening to our episode 10 two-part special. It's been actually really fun to film and just 
record and discuss. Um, we have to start a YouTube. We're going to transition to a YouTube channel because the yeah, amount of times we say live stream. I know because I, Bella and I can see each other. So we're, yeah. we look at each other and like react to each other and stuff like we're being filmed. And I forget. Anyway. I wonder if um, we can make it as a, then we'd have to be like a visual medium. Have to, yeah, that'd like be fine. Too, Bella always looks good. Bella's all, like always has the red lip, has everything going on. And I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> no, it looks like shit. Anyway. Yeah. Skincare regime is not working. Uh, um, well, <laughs> We'll see you next time, which hopefully will be soon because mm. we know I'd we. Love, <laughs> I'd love to go back to the library. That would be sweet. Yeah, maybe we can. I'll Google that. Anyway, sorry, let's not have a personal convo. Um, bye, everyone. Clips out. Bye. bye.